Hey, it's Lisa. This episode of the REIT Search Podcast is sponsored by my Credible Health Bug Shop. If you're a nutritionist, dietitian, fit pro, or health coach, the shop contains a ton of done-for-you content to save you time and fill your digital marketing calendar. Every piece of content in the shop is pre-written, well-researched, expertly edited, and limited edition. As a health pro, you could choose from either long form or mini articles in your field of interest and use them to stay in touch with your audience without having to do the research and content creation yourself. Simply customize and paste them into your blog, email software, or social media platform and hit publish. To check out the Credible Health Blog Shop, visit my website at lisacleach.com. That's L-E-E-S-A-K-L-I-C-H. Research is a podcast that explores current nutritional research and health studies. Our lawyer says we have to let you know that this podcast is for entertainment, educational, and informative purposes only. If you have any health questions, see your doctor or licensed health professional. We're going to talk about chocolate. So can I ask you, do you like chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) That's a silly question. I think it's the odd person who doesn't like chocolate. It's delicious. Yeah, chocolate is uh, super yummy. I love it. Do you have a favorite kind? Like maybe from a professional health perspective kind and maybe from a personal indulgence kind of chocolate what do you think uh actually I really like baking with chocolate at home I'm not a big fan of chocolate bars I mean the odd time I'll eat I'll eat one but I tend to keep a lot of like cocoa powder and and some of the um chocolate at home and I like making my own stuff at home because then I can tweak it and do whatever I want with the recipe and try different things so that's that's my way to consume chocolate what about you that's that's awesome i i have to say that i like most kinds of chocolate and not even necessarily the low sugar dark chocolate is not my favorite i mean i'll pick a toblerone any day which is super <laughs> sweet yeah um and it doesn't exactly have the health benefits um but you know when you're having dessert and you want a little indulgence i love it i do when I'm feeling maybe a little more sophisticated and having some nice red wine with a nice dinner, I might want some mm-hmm. dark chocolate just to kind of go with the mood. But for everyday thing, I have to say I'm kind of a milk chocolate fan. <laughs> it is yummy. But uh, have you ever tried making your own raw chocolate? I have not, but I do. I do bake with cocoa powder just like you do. I, I yep. do. I've never actually actually i wonder if i have i may have do you have a favorite recipe i only have one that i've tried and it's with the raw cacao and coconut oil and then you add just enough sweetener typically i use honey because it's a bit thicker mm-hmm. and vanilla and then you just it's like chocolate bark oh, right. Um, and you pour it out on a baking sheet and then you just have to store it in the freezer because uh, it does melt because of the coconut it melts right. at room temperature but I find I recommend it for people um, when they are looking at cutting back on sugar 
because it's so rich that you don't need very much to kind of quench that sweet tooth. Um, so it's something I've made it at home before. I haven't made it in a while, but I've made it at home and my kids just went bonkers for it. Actually, they really, really liked it. And you can add different mix-ins, seeds and nuts and dried fruit and stuff like that. It was, it's really, really yummy. Or even like okay. peanut butter or almond butter. Yeah, yeah I'm, oh, I'm getting that. hungry. <laughs> I, know. I know. Okay. I, I know. Totally. So this is, um, the episode is on chocolate because there was a very interesting review study I found that was published just last month in December 2019. Nice. So dive into a little bit because chocolate is one of those things that you might agree is very, very commonly loved and most people really enjoy it. And there's also these little bits of health claims and benefits coming up. So what I liked about this study is it looked at, it kind of dove into a review of some of the health claims to see what mm -hmm. kind of evidence is behind them. And it's really interesting. So I wanted to share. And of course, <laughs> this is research. Exactly. So this is what we're going to do. And I'm Lindsay. And I'm Lisa. And we're going to and... talk about chocolate. Oh, Yay! What a great topic, especially after the holidays. This kind yes. of makes everybody feel better for maybe some of the indulgences <laughs> they've had over the holidays yes and before valentine's day yes so that's right oh my god i timing. forgot yeah timing awesome so this study was published in december 2019 okay in, by researchers in italy and it's called quote chocolate food of the gods history science and human health and chocolate is literally called food of the gods because it's theobom theobroma cacao mm -hmm. and theobroma means food of the gods. Oh, no way. I did not know that. Me neither. So in just a little historical thing, because we all know the chocolate that is available now, um, but it came from the Mayans in mm -hmm. South America, which were um, part of Mexico, as well as uh, Guatemala, Belize, Honduras, and El Salvador. And they used to eat cacao beans boiled mm -hmm. in water, along with some cinnamon and pepper. Oh, you can imagine this would be very bitter because the beans themselves are quite bitter, which is part of the goodness of them, which we'll talk about in a minute. But this wasn't even brought to uh, U.S. and Europe until the 1500s. Can I pause and ask a question? Yes. So when they prepared it this way, were the cocoa beans fermented? Do that you know? is a great question. I don't know the answer. I don't remember reading that in the study. Yeah, the way that we prepare it now, all and most people I don't think realize this, but cocoa beans, before they are processed, are fermented. Really? So, Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a fermented food. Co totally, chocolate is a fermented food. I totally didn't catch that in this study. How interesting. Yeah. And I had another question and it's totally yeah. gone now. Ah, okay. I hate that. <laughs> I will pause you again when catch I have Catch me later. Yeah. We'll be together. Right, right. Awesome. Um, so right now, like as of a couple of years ago, the world produces 5 million tons of cocoa beans every year. And interestingly enough, it's not mostly from South America. It's mostly grown in Africa. Oh, I right. did not know that. So of the three main types of chocolate, of course, there's dark, there's milk, and there's white. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the health benefits have been attributed 
to dark chocolate and not just specifically the dark chocolate but a couple of the components that are found in dark chocolate which is yeah. what i'm excited to talk about today so the dark chocolate is dark because it is a lot of it is composed of the actual cocoa bean solids yeah they have this big pod this big cocoa pod and in it are all of the cocoa beans mm -hmm. and then they grind those beans up and they make these cacao nibs if you've ever seen them in a health food store and that's literally ground cocoa beans yeah and then in order to make milk chocolate and white chocolate there's a lot more processing involved and of course it's not as bitter because there's so much sugar added to it and milk yeah. and other other things so the the health benefits are not there but the health benefits of dark chocolate may be a little bit exaggerated from what we actually know the evidence to be you don't say. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's it. That's um, okay. It's over-exaggerated with red wine too, but right, right. I digress. Exactly. <laughs> so we're here to just kind of rein it in and bring yeah. it down to the actual research. So the actual components in the dark part of the chocolate, the actual cocoa bean, that do have health benefits, proven health benefits, are called polyphenols. Mm -hmm. So these polyphenols are a type of plant compound and they are antioxidants yes. so an antioxidant is something that actually neutralizes an oxidant so an oxidant yes. would be something that would release for example free radicals and these these little these little elements can damage cell membranes and and cause issues well, they can damage the so many things yeah right? because Inflammation. they're unstable yeah right so as an antioxidant they actually kind of sacrifice themselves so yes. that it's not these these oxidants are not uh, affecting your cells itself kind of the same as like a vitamin c or vitamin e would do is they sacrifice themselves mm -hmm. to um to neutralize that oxidation yes. so these polyphenols are catechins anthocyanidins and proanthocyanidins and it really is comes down to this level where the health benefits come from yeah How and so these are different types of polyphenols like yes. this is kind of the subcategories of this kind of header category polyphenol yes, correct exactly okay. and that's what's in the dark unprocessed cocoa beans so the processing that turns it from a very bitter bean into a you know delicious thing that you see at the <laughs> grocery store calling you when you're in line to pay yes um, really really reduces the, the level of these polyphenols and sometimes it reduces them up to 10 times so well if, because they're diluting them like they're not only processing them but when you look at the amount of actual cocoa solids and something yes. like milk chocolate just the like weight percentage is way less than it would be in something like a really good dark chocolate bar exactly exactly yeah. that's why the percent cacao is one main factor to look at when you are looking for health benefits but it's not a guarantee yeah i've learned it is not a guarantee but it does give you more trust more more trust that there is going to be more polyphenols in it because quite frankly there's no labeling requirements for polyphenols on foods it's not part of the no. nutrition facts label you don't have to declare it on your label you can if you want to if it's truthful, but mm -hmm. we don't actually know how many um, polyphenols are in there. And, and we know that antioxidants are inherently 
not stable molecules. They sacrifice themselves for the good of others. So we, we don't really know. But there are some health benefits associated with these polyphenols. So we'll dive into a couple of those. So one of them is cardiovascular. So cardiovascular is your heart and your vessels, including mm-hmm. your brain, which has a ton of vessels because it is very, very vascular. Very vascular. Yeah. So polyphenols that are abundant in cocoa and dark chocolate can reduce blood pressure, which is of course good for heart disease and mm-hmm. reduces your risk of certain types of stroke. Yes. And this happens from a mechanism perspective is that these polyphenols activate the enzyme that generates nitric oxide. Yeah. And of course, this enzyme is called nitric oxide synthase because it (laughs) synthesizes nitric oxide. I love when the names make sense because it doesn't always in biochemistry. (laughs) And you're like, what the heck does that mean? But this one perfect right on the bat (laughs) nitric oxide synthase synthesizes nitric oxide and nitric oxide helps your vessels to dilate so it loosens them up uh it allows the blood to flow through them much better they're not if you think of like clenching a fist like high blood pressure would be like clenching a fist you're squeezing it it's stiff it's tight and it it makes it harder for your heart to pump blood through it when uh, nitric oxide helps to kind of loosen those vessels and makes them a lot more flexible and amenable to to blood flowing. So this is the mechanism behind it. But the clinical data on the health benefits of dark chocolate or chocolate with um, cardiovascular benefits are all over the place. They don't all point in the same direction. So Mm -hmm. some studies show that it does dilate your vessels, it can reduce blood pressure, it can lower your risk of heart attack and stroke. Some studies show that there's no association, and some studies show that people who eat the most chocolate have higher risks of these. And again, we can dice these down to a lot of other variables, like what kind of chocolate did people eat, and was it you know full of sugar, and all of these things. But what I found with this study is there aren't a ton of studies that do break it down to these levels. So if we're making inferences on it, it's kind of speculation. Right Mm -hmm. now, uh, there seems to be some cardiovascular benefit in some people with Mm -hmm. higher quality polyphenol rich dark chocolate. And that's great to know. Definitely okay to err on the side of caution here and just eat a little bit of dark chocolate. I think that's, that's going to be the name of this. Just eat a little bit of dark chocolate. Yeah. We don't want a ton. We no. don't want none necessarily, unless you're allergic or dislike it. And we also don't want to promise the world. Yep. But you know what? A little bit of dark chocolate is quite a, not, not so bad for your health, I would say. Yeah. So then the next thing is glucose homeostasis. So this is your blood sugar regulation, insulin, and all of the these things. And and cocoa has been looked at to see if it is a potential anti-diabetic agent. Yeah. There are this is interesting because I did not know this part. Like I knew health benefits, but glucose regulation, new information to me. So this is really cool. Right, right. Go on, go on. And that's why I love looking at these new studies because like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. So this was, uh, there's a couple of different mechanisms by which cocoa is thought to help with it, with um, helping your body regulate your blood sugar levels, which is of mm-hmm. course important for everybody. It's just when it starts getting 
a little bit out of control and 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 it's a, it, it varies a lot more very high and very low that yeah. could be uh, a symptom of potential pre-diabetes or diabetes and, and blood pressure uh, blood sugar regulation yeah so several clinical studies and so now i want to look at where it is in people so several clinical studies show that there's an inverse relationship of chocolate with diabetes so interesting know that the more chocolate the lower your risk of diabetes so and... i think it's important probably sorry to interrupt yes to stipulate we're not talking like mars bars here we're not talking, we're talking they are delicious they are delicious but they are not <laughs> going to help blood sugar regulation They're we're talking food the lower sugar right high quality high cocoa solid content bitter dark chocolate right bitter dark okay. chocolate and the interesting thing too about a lot of these studies that were in this review paper was that they were the the studies that were looked at not this review in particular but some of the clinical studies actually gave people chocolate that was fortified with actually it would be fortified or would it be enriched enriched with more polyphenols in it interesting so they could standardize the dose of polyphenols so yeah it really comes down to these polyphenols and not necessarily chocolate in general the poly and i would imagine there would be a little bit of variation from batch to batch to right. the content of polyphenols in the cocoa pods right right of course yeah right? like and then of course too, depending on processing and like how old they are how long they have to be stored for shipping like there's a lot of factors so okay. yeah you would have to standardize Okay, interesting. Right. Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, so, so you actually hit the nail on the head. Most of the studies that were done on chocolate with people in for the health benefits were not done on only dark chocolate with a very specific level of polyphenols in it. So yeah. that's kind of really the bottom line of this podcast is the data is all over the place and mm -hmm. it's kind of good for some and not good and in, 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 in terms of clinical relevance and um, benefit but really it comes down to those polyphenols and it's hard to test it if you're not actually testing for it and yeah. giving everybody a standard dose so um, and again some dark chocolate could have a negligible polyphenol content and and because it's not regulated we don't need to label it we don't yeah. really know the actual levels once again we're putting our trust in the manufacturer Right. When it's not yeah. regulated, the trust of the manufacturer. And I did look up the labeling laws, which I will link to in the show notes. And if you are saying the word cacao instead of the word cocoa, mm -hmm. you cannot use that in an ingredients list in Canada. You can't use oh. cacao as an ingredient in the ingredients list in Canada in a Canadian food. But you can refer to it on other parts of your label, cacao in the amount it is so like you see the 70 percent cacao dark chocolate as long as it's true you can put that on your label elsewhere but in the okay. ingredients list it has to be labeled as cocoa really yes did they say why they did not i don't know why i'm sure there's a reason because it says that it was cacao was removed from the regulations a few years before and i'll link to that but you have to label in the ingredients list as cocoa but if it does if you are referring specifically to the solids not the fat which is in the white chocolate the cocoa butter but the actual cocoa yeah. solids that can be labeled as cacao percentage on, yeah. the, on your label but not in the ingredients but not in the ingredients super fun huh. fact 
That is, but now I have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we need to get like a food regulator on here right. so that we can learn more about this. That's, yes. That would be an interesting interview, I feel. I think so. I, think so yeah. I don't know the reason behind it, but I did find those regulations. So back to the cocoa slash cacao health benefits. When it comes to cancer, there is... It's very controversial. There is no clear data. It's always controversial, though. Do not use cocoa and chocolate as any type of cancer anything. There is really no data to support any health benefit. It, it may be some kind of health benefit somewhere on some small level, but mm. there is no data. Don't go there. Controversial. Let's just not talk about cancer and chocolate because that's just not a thing. Okay. All right. So when it comes to obesity... And lipid metabolism. It's really interesting because, again, the data is all over the place. So, for example, there are a bunch of studies that show that even, for example, this one was fascinating. One study showed that smelling dark chocolate can produce a sa satiating, satiation, what is the right word? Satiation? Satiation. Big word. All will be effect on people and it actually can reduce their appetite just smelling dark chocolate and this was one study interesting i know that is so Normally when i smell stuff it increases my right? appetite <laughs> well, and, and and when it comes to food cravings that can be considered a food cue like smelling it is a cue yeah. to make the brain think of it and want it so i found this study very interesting and again it will take all of the individual studies with a grain of salt because we're looking at a review, which yes. purposely looks at a bunch of them to kind of get an overview of the data. Um, another, a bunch of studies show that dark chocolate or cocoa consumption can lower your total and your LDL cholesterol and not really? lower your HDL or triglycerides. That's really interesting because cocoa or chocolate is one of the foods that tends to be higher in saturated fat. And we know that saturated fat can increase LDL levels. Right. One of the ways you can actually lower LDL levels is by watching your saturated fat intake. Because yes. somehow, and I'm not a metabolism expert, but somehow there's a connection between the two. So that's really interesting that there's that inverse correlation there. Right, right. And this, and these studies were done on dark chocolate or cocoa consumption. So these were possibly very much solid cocoa solid based yeah, and not have butter based butter. interesting yes so i thought that was that was interesting too huh. and then, of course in when it comes to uh, obesity and uh, fat metabolism there are studies all over the place so many of them show that there's no link between people who eat it and on their weight or BMI, body mass index, or waist circumference. So there are studies that actually show no link. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are some studies that show that its link is in the other direction. <laughs> of course. Right? So, again, it's not clear cut. And uh, we don't want to cherry pick. But it's interesting that some of these studies are being done. But at this point in time, there isn't enough real evidence to say that chocolate or cocoa has a direct and predictable link to obesity and or fat metabolism but in yeah. some studies show this and some studies show that so it's interesting but i think what's really what would be really really interesting is if there were actual good 
quality, large clinical trials that look at chocolate and they specifically follow people over time you know like yeah those giant studies that that really have a lot of merit so it's being studied there are little studies all over the place but it's not a vast consensus that people who eat chocolate have this or that and then of course you can drill down into the type of chocolate they eat and how much polyphenol is in it so yeah, but we, I mean, we see this a lot with nutrition studies. There's yes. a lot of great data because there's so many factors involved with nutrition, not only what you're eating. So the choices you make day by day in terms of what's on your plate and what goes into your body, but the quality of the food or just the different growth practices and farming practices and soil quality and like how long is it sitting on the shelves how where is it being shipped from like there's all of these different factors so even if you're looking at the same foods nutritionally there's a lot of variation so we do see a lot of these studies that can be inconsistent yes because there's so many factors and so many variables and so it's no shock that we're seeing this with chocolate as well right Right. It's, it's exactly, that's exactly one of the big things when it comes to nutrition is everybody has to eat and people make food choices several times a day and what people eat. And then of course, how the studies are done, because you have these, you know, infamous food frequency questionnaires, which is where people are given a questionnaire and they're asked, Mm -hmm. how frequently do you eat broccoli? How frequently do you eat you know, chocolate and, and what yeah. have been diagnosed with and all of these kind of observational studies because it's so, so difficult to do randomized controlled trials yeah. on food in general. And yeah. that's why when we find them, we love to talk about these few and far between clinical trials on yes. our podcast. Yeah, they're harder to implement for sure. Yes. Um, but the the information we get out of them is is very valuable. Right. So when it comes to chocolate and intestinal microbiota, and we do have a previous episode where we talked all about intestinal microbiota and probiotics, which um, is such a cool topic, just by plane, just by plane. I think that's what we ended up. um, That is. Yeah. When we talked about yogurt and pickles, scrubs, pickle. Oh my God. Scrubs, pickles are so good. But anyway, (laughs) I'm getting distracted again. Chocolate and intestinal microbiota was again, pretty interesting. There Mm -hmm. was one clinical study that they found in this review on the impact of chocolate on humans intestinal microbiota. And what they found was that people who ate 494 milligrams of cocoa flavonoids. Okay, so this is they're actually measuring the flavonoids. So the last the last item uh, that I want to talk about when it comes to this study on chocolate and health benefits is on the intestinal microbiota. Yeah. So if you haven't already, go back and listen to our previous episode where we talked about probiotics and yes. foods on intestinal microbiota in people. And what this study found was one study in people on the impact of eating cocoa on the human intestinal microbiota. So just to clarify, the difference between a probiotic and intestinal microbiota, that a probiotic is something that you generally get in foods or supplements, and it doesn't linger in your system. It's something that you need to eat 
regularly because your system kind of flushes them out. They're not permanent habitants in your gut. They're kind of renters or short-term habitants. Well, everything's constantly moving through. Right. So your microbiome is going to get pushed along with whatever's in your gut. So yeah, so things get pushed along. And then the microbiota are more of the permanent residents where you're right, the individual bacteria and yeast and viruses that live there will get pushed along. But they do tend to replicate and set up long term homes in your large intestine. So there was one study that looked at cocoa on the microbiota in the large intestine and found that by eating exactly 494 milligrams of cocoa flavonoids such a weird number yeah go on (laughs) right i don't know uh, for four weeks that it actually changed some of the microbes that had that were living in the the intestine so they found that there were there were increase there were increases in bifidobacteria okay so that's the one that typically lives in your so the for those that don't know bifido is the family that tends to live in the colon whereas lactobacillus tends to live in the small intestine okay so and there was an increase in both of those both both of those were increased really good and you know what decreased clostridia no way yes yeah that's the pathogenic strain it is clostridia okay. if you've ever heard of c difficile yeah and yeah, that causes a lot of tummy diarrhea, trouble yeah right and it, then you have actually decreased amounts of clostridia in the gut after eating these specific flavonoids not just random chocolate bars but this study looked at actual flavonoids yeah so it was pretty interesting to see that this review study, and I'm going to label this review study a six and a half out of seven, because a seven out of seven, and I'll, I'll post our chart in the notes, would be a like a systematic review or a meta-analysis. Yes. So this is a review whereby it looked at many studies, but it didn't systematically look at them. It was more... Well, it didn't evaluate them all. It was more just discussing them. It was discussing the overview of the research in it. Yeah. So I would give it a six and a half out of seven when it comes to the strength of this particular study. So wrapping it up, basically several studies do show that there are health promoting properties of cocoa, not necessarily milk chocolate, not even necessarily dark chocolate, but this higher flavonoid level of um, with all of these extra antioxidants in the least processed version of the cacao plant yeah be bitter so the bitter dark chocolate would have the most uh health benefits well in the like if we're looking at buying like raw cocoa powder to use that would probably because when they process cocoa powder typically they're heating it they're baking it like i think that's the difference between like dutch process and raw cocoa powder is it's heated in some way it's processed in some way so i'm wondering if that would break down some of the polyphenols i don't know and you know what else is interesting they also defat it so for the cocoa powder they remove that cocoa butter part really yeah so it's mostly just the solids which is why i find in at least the labels of the ones that i buy they're pretty high in fiber cocoa powder yeah well yeah i mean because we're looking at the plant solids and it's a plant so there would be fiber in it and so i'm wondering if it's 
partly the benefit on the microbiome is because of the fiber that's there, not no, not so much the polyphenols. That's what I thought was interesting too, because we know that fiber is definitely a prebiotic, um, but that wasn't, it was not included in this particular review study. They only found one clinical trial where it actually looked at cocoa on the gut microbiome, and that one looked at, at the um, compounds as opposed to the fiber. So definitely a lot of research can be done in this area to yeah. find out and kind of home in on a lot more of the details on the health benefits. But overall, the more polyphenols, which are going to give you the most health benefits that yeah. are going to be found mostly in the darker, less sweetened versions, the more bitter, natural and less processed versions of the chocolate and a yeah. plant. Well, I think I remembered what I was going to say before. Remember, I said I forgot yeah. my question. Yeah. yeah, like you were talking about how chocolate is so bitter. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned is when we look at bitter foods, I mean, typically people, it's fallen out of favor, bitter foods, but that's where we get so many health benefits is from those bitter components in food. Not only does it help with digestion because it helps stimulate our digestive processes, but the chemicals themselves actually have a lot of health promoting properties. And so we shouldn't shy away from bitter foods. We need to really get used to them again. But the sugar industry has really changed our taste buds and led us towards that sweet route. And so we don't crave those bitter foods anymore. And like we're our health, I think, in in some small way is not getting the health benefits of those bitter foods anymore so yeah I don't I don't want to make that correlation between like you know our health is failing because we're not eating bitter foods anymore because it's way more complicated than that and yes. there's of course no studies but you know it's it's interesting that you know going back to some of the bitter foods and not eating things like coated and sugar anymore is is really I think we'll learn more and more as time goes on how beneficial it is to our health I think so. when you say bitter foods, the first thing I think of is kale, which yeah. is one of the most nutrient dense foods out there. And it is bitter. Yeah. But yeah, we have to get used to bitter foods again without being loaded with sugar, you know, trying to mask that bitter flavor. Have you seen on Netflix solid, uh, no, sorry, salt, fat, acid, heat? <gasps> No, it sounds so delicious, though. Yeah, it's a it's a good cooking one. And this is where I've started. I mean, I like I've understood the health benefits of bitter foods, but she talks about the importance of acid in foods and how it balances flavor. But the she's one of my new favorite authors. Her name is Samin Nasrat, and she's a chef uh, down in California. Um, and so the documentary is fantastic. She's got a cookbook. Too, which talks about a lot of the food principles behind like flavor balancing and how to cook really good food. Um, so if anybody is into food and cooking and just understanding the concepts behind why things taste really good and how to become a more intuitive cook at home, she's definitely a really good resource to oh, start that with. Sounds delicious. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's really it, when you watch it you're going to get hungry and then want to start cooking <laughs> well, so you want to you want to watch it before dinner time yeah yeah not after she, you've already filled up uh well it's probably better to watch it after so you're not gonna go cook and then overeat but 
it's just it's really really good cooking and good quality food and just getting really back to the some of the basics and and just it's again it's not about like how to become a gourmet chef it's about taking the best quality simple ingredients and just making really good food out of it and part of that is you know we're talking about chocolate today but part of that is chocolate like you don't have to do these crazy fancy recipes and make soufflés and all these other things there's lots of really simple things you can do so sounds great salt fat acid heat right yes that's it that out yes definitely do awesome thank you well thank you for sharing that article that was awesome it's very interesting very interesting and i'm really glad that it was published in december 2019 so it's pretty recent study yeah it's not very old at all but i have to say after talking about this one of the things I both love and hate in equal measure about research is it answers so many questions, but then it creates so many more questions. Totally, totally, totally. And that's, that's kind of like the beauty of science. You answer a question and you end up with so many more questions. Right. It just opens your mind to the real complexity yeah. of nature, of what goes on in the human body and in ecosystems and, and elsewhere. Like, it's just, it's so great for the curious mind it really is and it's yeah both a blessing and a burden (laughs) (laughs) we want to know more give us more stuff i know that's exactly it (laughs) awesome thanks so much Lindsay. we are gonna wrap up this um this episode so please go ahead and like or subscribe and give us a review and a rating and let us know tag us on social media Definitely. You have a specific topic or a study that you'd like us to talk about, and we will put it on our list. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, it's Lisa. This episode of the REIT Search podcast is sponsored by My Credible Health Blog Shop. If you're a nutritionist, dietitian, fit pro, or health coach, the shop contains a ton of done-for-you content to save you time and fill your digital marketing calendar. Every piece of content in the shop is pre-written, well-researched, expertly edited, and limited edition. As a health pro, you could choose from either long form or mini articles in your field of interest and use them to stay in touch with your audience without having to do the research and content creation yourself. Simply customize and paste them into your blog, email software, or social media platform and hit publish. To check out the Credible Health Blog Shop, visit my website at lisakleach.com. That's L E E S A K L I C H dot com.